So the Prophet sallallahu tells us that being excessive entails qila wa qal, hearsay, wa kathrat as-su'al, asking trivial questions. And then he completed the hadith by saying, wa idha'atil mal, and wasting wealth. The Prophet sallallahu also taught us that from the good character of a believer is that he leaves that which doesn't concern him or her. He leaves that which doesn't concern him or her. He rather used this tongue to build his Jannah, over using this tongue to build his Jahannam. So when there is nothing more to discuss, he busies his tongue with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah. Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, udhkurullaha dhikran kathira. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers and say, Oh you who believe, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and abundance remembrance. And abundant remembrance. And read the statements of the pious predecessors before us regarding this ayah in the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Amin. From the evils of the tongue, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, is a practice known as An-Namimah. An-Namimah. An-Namimah, or An-Namimah, refers to tail-carrying. Some people, they have hearts that are ill, spiritually ill, and they take pride and happiness in carrying tails from one party to the other. And An-Namima especially refers to carrying these tales in a manner that causes rifts in society and causes enmity between brothers. And this is rampant in society. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Some people find pride and they take pride and they gain happiness in passing information that has disastrous results from one party to the other. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam shut the door to An-Namima when he said, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam That the tail carrier This namam Will never ever enter Jannah What a loss a person will be on the day of Qiyamah If they are denied entry into Jannah The sharia or servants of Allah When it comes towards reconciling between brothers Places a concession And allows us to Lie To cause a brotherhood Between two brothers That if two brothers are fighting you're allowed to go to one brother and say, oh, I met so-and-so, and he passes you salam. And then you go to that brother and say, oh, I met so-and-so, and he passes you salam. Subhanallah. When those two brothers meet, they have a reason to pass salam to each other. Even though they might have not passed the salam. But this concession should teach us the great maslaha and benefit in keeping hearts united. And this annamima works in total contradiction to the concession that the Sharia has laid down for us. For it leads to the total breakdown between brothers, between communities, between committee members, between partners and shareholders, and between family members. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he told his companions, Da'uli ashabi. Don't tell me things about my companions. Don't tell me things about my companions. For I love to walk unto my companions with a pure heart about them. 
When somebody comes and tells you something about a brother that doesn't benefit your dunya nor your akhirah, by default, it's the nature of man, especially when you have shaitan who's a hidden enemy, he will cause that to manifest. And when you see that Muslim brother, what will happen? Immediately you'll see him with a different paradigm. With a different paradigm. You might have seen him as the best of all brothers, now you see him as a good brother who has this dark cloud over him. That's the nature of man. So take guidance from your Prophet ﷺ. Another great evil of the tongue, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, is al-ghibah wal-buhtan. Backbiting and slandering. And it's very important that we understand the reality of backbiting. These two sins are from the major sins. And these two sins constitute a great injustice to the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They violate the rights of the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you engage in this sin, then know and understand that your forgiveness pens their forgiveness. It's a very dangerous sin. And today we have a people who do not even understand the reality of al-ghibah. Sometimes they backbite. And when you tell them, brother, let's not backbite. He says, no, 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 I can say this in front of that person. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. So you can say it in front of him, so it's, now it's, it's halal. It didn't, it, it, we came out of the, 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 the placement of ghibah into something else. The Prophet wasallam defined al-ghibah. He told the, 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 his companions, atadruna mal-ghibah. Do you know what backbiting is? They said, Allah and His Rasul know best. This was the adab with the Prophet He said, ذِكْرُكَ أَخَاكَ بِمَا يَكْرَهُ Ghibah is remembering your brother with qualities and with statements and with lines that he doesn't like you to remember him by. It doesn't matter whether you can say it in front of him or you can't say it in front of him. The fact is you are saying it in his absence and you're saying something that he dislikes about. He, he dislikes you to say that about him. That is ghibah. So someone from the companions asked the Prophet ﷺ and said, in kana fi What if I'm saying something about him? That's true. He is chubby. Sometimes we say words loosely. Aisha radiallahu anha once slipped up by saying a similar word. And the Prophet sallallahu said that if that word was mixed with the waters of the oceans, it would have made it sour and spoilt. The Prophet sallallahu said, if you say something about him which is true, then you have backbited him. That is backbiting. وَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ فَقَدْ بَهَتَّهُ And if it's not in him, you have slandered him. لا إله إلا الله. That is buhtan. That is slander. Where we say things about our Muslim brothers and we know it's, it's not true about them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Alhamdulillah, we live in communities where we try our level best to eat halal. We make sure that we are very, very particular with what we eat and this is good. We even look after those E numbers at the back of the chocolate. E275 and E376 and so on and so forth, right? And we write an email to somebody and say, tell me about E182. And he goes, well, that's a new one. Let's research E182. Is it halal or is it not halal? And so on and so forth. That's good. Alhamdulillah. But little do we realize 
that sometimes we conduct our lives in such a way that for breakfast we are consuming two kgs of haram meat and for lunch maybe five kgs of haram meat and at night maybe 15 kgs of haram meat. For when you backbite, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likens it to eating the flesh of your dead brother. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. And Allah says, would any one of you love to eat the flesh of your dead brother? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us aware. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a goodly word. Ameen. Now, there are times when we are allowed to mention the faults of our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters in their absence. However, we have to understand that these times are governed with rules and conditions. And from these rules and conditions is Al-Hajatu Tuqaddar Biqadariha. When there's a need to say something behind the back of your fellow Muslim brother or sister, you say it as per need. And that need is dealt with in light of the reality of that need. It's a very important point. For example, you have a Muslim brother who doesn't pray and he drinks alcohol and he has girlfriends. You want to advise him, he doesn't listen. So you decide to go to his father and speak about his sins to his father behind his back. When you go to his father or another party, there's no need for you to say he drinks alcohol and he has girlfriends. Rather start with the fact that he doesn't pray. That's the most important aspect. For inshallah, if he fixes it, then as-salah puts an end to immoral, uh, that which is immoral and that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes. So look after, hide his sins. Keep a cover on his sins and speak about him behind his back for, 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 for the greater maslaha, for the greater benefit, but as per the need. Don't, you, don't use it as a means of alhamdulillah, open ticket. I can go wild here. This is a concession from the sharia. If al wala haraj. La. al haja tuqaddar biqadariha. And as for what we hear nowadays, where certain people come together to discuss the mistakes of some of the students of knowledge, and it might not even be mistakes, and discuss some of the faults and mistakes, or maybe not, of some of the ulama, then this is ghibah as well. Irrespective of what they say, this is ghibah. For the people who look after the faults of others and deal with them, are ahlul khawas. They are specific niche group in society. Not any Muhammad, Yusuf and Hussein. And yes, they might justify it by saying that this is from a concept known as Jarh wa Ta'adil. It is from a concept that the ulama of hadith speak about, which is criticizing people. They criticize the narrators. So you know which narration is authentic and which narration isn't and so on and so forth. But understand, O servants of Allah, that this also is not from Jarh wa Ta'adil. And we don't have time to delve into the lesson. But for those who love to read, go open the books of Jarh wa Ta'adil and see what the ulama say about Jarh al-Aqran. Criticizing contemporaries. And whether, the, whether a person who criticizes his contemporary is a valid criticism. Go and read about that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. How many minutes do we have left? Five minutes? Very quickly, my dear brothers and sisters, one of the plagues of the tongue that is prevalent in society is lying. Is lying. And lying refers to saying something you know is false. 
You know it's false, but you relate in an incorrect manner. You know a person didn't do something, but you say he did it. You know you might have not done something, but you say you did it. You might have done something, and you say I didn't do it. This is a lie. And a lie is something abhorred by the Sharia. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَقْفُ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ Allah said, do not utter anything that you have no knowledge about. Do not utter anything that you have no knowledge about. And then in the sunnah, in the famous hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that indeed truthfulness guides one towards piety. And indeed piety guides one towards jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the qualities of the people of Jannah were that they spoke a good word. And here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that your goodly word leads you towards piety. And piety leads you towards Jannah. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that indeed telling lies leads towards more sin. And more sin leads towards the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. We learn that being truthful breeds piety. It breeds goodness. And lying breeds evil. And the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we look at the anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them, obviously they were the best of all creation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them as honest. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before Islam had the title, the trustworthy, honest one. And Abu Bakr radiallahu an was given the title, As-Siddiq. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam, what does he say? He says, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and remind them in the book, regarding Ibrahim. Indeed, he was a trustworthy, truthful prophet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Ismail, وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَاعِيلَ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and remind them in the book about Ismail. Indeed, he was true and honest to his promise. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Idris, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and remind them in the book about Idris. Indeed, he was a truthful, honest prophet. Our time has sadly come to an end. Another five minutes, this is barakah, mashallah. This is barakah. So we hear the description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pertaining to his prophets and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes his prophets as honest and truthful. Understand, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, that if you want protection on the day of qiyamah, Look after your tongues and be honest. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the day of qiyamah is a day where those that were truthful in the dunya 
will benefit. Those that were truthful in the dunya, their truthfulness will benefit them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that if you want Jannah with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you want Jannah in al-Firdaus al-A'la, then be from amongst those who tell the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّيقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and whoever follows Allah and his Rasul, then they will be with those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed. Who are they? The prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And immediately after mentioning the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention? As-Siddiqun. The truthful, honest ones. So before you speak, think about the placement you want in Jannah. There are many, many evils of the tongue that I've cited here, such as speaking about the sharia without knowledge. This is something inshallah that you can learn with your local ulama. And alhamdulillah, this masjid is blessed with um, greater scholars, walillahi alhamd. Uh, and for the purposes of ending the talk, so that you can all observe ablution before Salat al-Isha, I want to end off by saying, my dear brothers, my dear sisters, my dear mothers and fathers, we are in control of our choices and decisions. Before we open our mouths, let us think about what we discussed. And let us stop and think and ask ourselves, is what I am about to say from that which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? If it is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will do it. And if it is not beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will refrain from it. And understand that in this dunya, we all have heard the statement, you have the right to remain silent. You have the right to remain silent. And everything you say or do will be held against you in the court of law. This is in the dunya. Understand, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, and O person that will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by yourself, understand that you too have the right to remain silent. And that everything you say or do will be held against you in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all know the hadith of the bankrupt person. A person who meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with mountains of ibadah. But he insulted somebody and he backbited about somebody and he lied and he misused his tongue and he affected, affected the rights of the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the day of qiyamah is not a day where people settle out of court with payments that are made up of dinars and dirhams, with payments that are made up of currency. The currency on the day of Qiyamah is our deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. You have a right to remain silent, for understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, مَا يَلْفِذُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ That not a word is uttered, except that there is a watcher by him, ready to record what he says. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our sins and our mistakes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us worthy tongues that constantly remember him 
and work in our favor. Tongues that will be a blessing in our lives and not a niqmah, not a disaster. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the truthful. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tongue that recites the shahada, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, when we breathe our last. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us death whilst he's pleased with us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a grave which is a garden from the gardens of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a place underneath his arsh on the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us our books of deeds in our right hand. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannah with Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the place where the anbiya will be and the place where the truthful will be. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon all able. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thank you all for the opportunity. It's always good to come to Birmingham and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with my fellow Muslims. Everything correct said in this particular speech is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's perfect and any mistakes are from myself and shaitan and I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us a gathering that has heard a good word insha'Allah and will make a strong resolve to practice upon what was heard, not just to hear a word and leave it as something heard and not practiced upon. Ameen. Hadha wallahu a'lam. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك